This is the Uncommon Cast RX number 204. And I'm Die Hard. And this is Common Rider Build episode 45, Hope Scientist, and 46, and Oath to Be the One. Uh, it's, it's hard to believe that this time last year we were on our last episode. X-Aid cut us a little short. But Man, that is weird. But, uh... Yeah, it was frustrating. But I guess they had so kind of our writer for both as foot, so has well been quick. the whole time is Muto Shogo. Our director for forty five was Yamaguchi Kyohei and Kami Horuichi Kazuya for forty six. They really and did. They did some fantastic work this time round. I gotta say, I mean it's been pretty consistent this whole time, but hot dang. And watch, and I'm just going to jump into my big overall thoughts, which is that watching these episodes of Bill, I was reminded of a new, at least to me, concept uh, that's been kind of on my mind of late for reasons that I'm sure no one will be able to guess once I've laid it all out. It's, it's the difference between communities of strength and communities of vulnerability. Uh, I, I don't quite remember where I heard the idea as I take in a lot of media in any given chunk of time. So I I just mentioned I didn't come up with it, lest anyone think I did. <laughs> but it, it, the basics of it goes like this. Like, your community of strength is built up around the idea that in order to take part in it, you must be strong. Uh, strong here can mean a lot of things, but generally it means that whatever problem is in front of you, you can in some way conquer it. You can dominate the problem, you can force it to be the way you want, you have ultimate agency and control in all ways. This can take, again, a lot of forms, but you fight, and you win, and that means you get to be a part of the community. Even if you lose, as long as you are always fighting constantly, endlessly, and unceasingly at all times, you can be a part of that community because you are not lazy or weak, and yeah, eventually you just value the idea that if you struggle hard enough, you can somehow be the strongest. Uh, by contrast, a community of vulnerability is built around the recognition that everyone is ultimately weak, mortal, and, as you might guess from the name, vulnerable. We all need to eat, we all need somewhere safe to sleep, we will all eventually get sick, we will all one day die, and there is nothing you can do to change that, those things. You can take precautions, you can stave things off, you can have supplies on hand to ameliorate the worst effects, but it is going to happen, and since it is going to happen, the community should build itself around that recognition, and instead of dreaming of being able to overcome the, you know, the fact that you are going to die eventually, uh, you would instead build a community around, okay, well, if we're all going to die, we should find a way to push that back as best we can. Um, clearly, if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you'd know I'm, I'm, a fan, I'm a fan of this idea, and especially because it gives me a good way to frame my priorities and, and what I think we should work toward as a wider society without having to resort to uh, isms uh, as much as I might otherwise like to. And this chunk of build made me think of it because 
as we move towards the end, it's a good way to understand the difference in priorities and worldview between almost any given common Rider, but particularly Build's Riders, and their foes. Evolt and all the people on his side of things fight, kill, and die for the dream of being the strongest, but somehow, someone stronger always comes along. We have Gentoku, Mama Hokuto, President Inoue, Nanba, Shinobu. All of them are eventually felled when someone stronger comes along, and even that someone stronger is fixing to be beaten back in their dreams of becoming the strongest by devouring Earth and then starting, you know, when evil just comes in and starts his whole mess where he's going to wreck everything and then do the same on another planet. Uh, Sento and his people, however, quite against his father's dreams for him and his own expectations of himself, comes into a family that is besieged by horror, befriends people who have been brought low by lies or the law or violence or their histories, and it's through leaning on one another that they are able to hold together. None of them need to be the strongest, none of them need to be the best. They just need to protect people from those who hold domination and violence as their prime ambitions. And look, I know I've gone on about this before, and we are likely to do so again. Odds are good inside this episode, but it's it's just a thing these episodes brought to mind, and a concept I like sharing around when I can, because it, again, is remarkably free from an ism. Because whatever political ideology you might want to say you are for or identify with, there has been some kind of bad information passed around it, or people have preconceptions about it that may or may not be fair to a certain degree. But when you say, like, no, I want to build a community of vulnerability where we can all just share what we're about without having to be afraid of each other, at least not more afraid than we are of just, again, the grim inevitability of death, that just sounds better to me than the, okay, but if I fight enough people and stab enough people in the back, eventually I'll win, right? Um, okay, look, I'm just gonna be real here at the end. Uh, we're nearing the end of the show, so new thematic explorations are probably gonna be a little thin on the ground, because, I mean, what we got... Four, I have no idea how many two? more episodes we have left. Yeah, maybe. Like, at the max, six. Because even then, I've never that seen was a writer series. Go yeah, that was 52. that was show I call was weird fan fiction episodes of Wizard, and that which was just barely count. Yeah, but you know, technically believe, it's there. I believe but, it's yeah, three. So, more. I think we're going um, to forty-nine. Ooh, fancy. Well, that'll make for a fun uh, episode for us, because then we can just... I don't know how we're going to uh, handle well, it, I know but it'll this be fun. Coming Maybe week we'll have a handoff special. Off. Who knows? So, we'll probably just do the last episode oh, uh, right. on its own. So, as its, as its own it. uh, kind of end-of-show retrospective. We do our best. As we tend to do, anyway. I wonder what we're going to call that, because we do try to have clever yeah. names. I still like the call, post-mortem on Ghost, because, you know, he's, he's dead. So, uh, I just can't remember don't things remember. in a long time. It must not have been that clever. But... but yeah, me either. It's not... It's, you know, it's not that... It's not a massive priority. Uh, so then, do we want to just jump into our 
actual discussion yeah, of the show it. now that I've just talk babbled about the garbage. on for 20 minutes or so. Alright, uh, um, let's start with our... our... Okay, so I did, yes. I did find it a little funny, but the bit where Shinobu explains that he betrayed evil and I, he's been one of the good guys all along, and then Cosby has to immediately explain what was said in the same words to Ryuga? Like, why? Like, kids aren't dumb. You literally just explained it. You don't need to re-explain it in the next sentence. Is it just to remind us that Ryuga and Kazumi and Gentoku are over there? Yeah, I guess. I don't... I don't get it either. It was this. It was a really weird waste of narrative space in a show that, okay, we've got maybe three episodes left. They don't have so much time that they can waste 20 seconds on a bad joke, especially since we've established that Ryuga is not the cleverest cat, but at the same time, he's not he can, a He can understand a like, sentence. I don't get it. It's bad. Yeah, he he has he has a memory that is at least as good as mine. Like Kazumi gave him the better. same sentence so, that Shinobu he's did. Doing pretty good. Ryuga's dumb, but he's not that dumb. Okay, so when Evil then poisons Shinobu to death, yeah. like two minutes later, did everyone forget that y'all have like a tiny magic sentient dragon that can just remove that exact poison from people? I know it's been a while, but. Cross Dragon is still around. I, I know Ryuga hasn't used it at all, much less for that purpose, but it does have free will and wants to keep an eye on Ryuga, so where is it? I like I like to think that it's there. That's fair, because it also, seems real sick of real like, sick everyone. Of crap. Just like yeah, just like it's just hanging out off screen, just like, wait, you faked a suicide? Oh, nah, you're, you know you're what, not dude? Ryuga. Heck with you. Heck with you. This your this whole random. Yeah, no. Well, hey, Ryuga never faked suicide for multiple years when he had a wife and kid. You know, <laughs> like. I, yeah, a little again, bit. it's probably not fair to harp on it, except I think it is. <laughs> That's. That's really messed. And also, yeah, well, I was never I mean, fond of Shinobu of, being in the, the show thing. to begin with, so... Yeah, like, if we're gonna do the dad thing, I'm, I'm so glad we did then it. we have, anyway, you know, Shinobu's that, dying moments where he leans up and he says something to Sento, but they don't put the audio in, so we don't know what it is. And then they reveal it in, like, the next scene or two scenes later. Like, immediately after! It's right after that they do it. Like, oh, yeah. I know XA did it with Kyria, yeah. and it was obvious what he said to to Emu if you paid attention to Kyria's character at all. But at least they didn't actually reveal what he said until a few episodes later. Like, why set up the white panel as this secret information if you're going to reveal it within the next, like, minute and a half? And they, they do the same kind of setting stuff up in 46, like when they cut away when Sento has something to say to Ryuga, or with Nanba, quote-unquote, calling Sawa, but they don't reveal the truth of what either of those things are in those episodes. Where this, it's just right after, 
and it kind of kills the the buildup. Like, why not just hold off and reveal it at the beginning of 46 when they make the white panel? Just have one of them ask, like, Sento, how did you know how to do this? And then bring in the clip of his dad saying what he said. Yeah, because that would have been a payoff and there would have been a moment of mystery. And and I guess on top of what you were just saying, it's it's also going against a thing that we've praised the show for in the past, where it has avoided doing exactly the sort of reaction a moment like that seems to be going for, where they're just like, ooh, a mystery! Isn't this mysterious? Mm. I hope you'll I forgive me my Magic Brian voice. I like that one for my sarcasm. But it just... It's it's nonsense, first off, just that they do it, but also, like you were saying, yeah, guys, you did it in the same episode. This is the sort of thing you need to, like, draw out if it's going to be a mystery box, or, again, like, not to re-say what you said, but with my voice on it, or you could just So I guess Kazumi gets to join the Possessed by Evil Club? Dumb. I mean, it's it's a fine enough thing to do, I guess. It's We know he can do it. But like every other time it happened, it was it's, it was kind of a big deal, sort of. Um, as short lived as it always was, it was still like, oh no, Evolt is using Sento's body now. But like Cosmin is just sort of in and out, and then kicked aside, and it feels a little inconsistent with the way Evolt does things, that he doesn't at least try to keep him as a lackey or as bait or something. Yeah, hold him hostage. Just do the thing where he, like, takes out one of the, the various gun-like weapons and just hold it to Kazumin's head, like, ha-ha! You know I'll do it. Just something, I don't know. It's just, I get that they need some nonsense to explain why dude ain't dead. And it's a shame how much less impressive all of Evil's machinations become as the series goes on. Like, you'd think, oh, by the way, I'm functionally immortal and always have a bit of nonsense, get out of death free, ready to go, would make him more frightening when he, you know, when he does stuff like, hey, what's up? I'm on Kazumin. Woo. But honestly, it just makes him a little irritating, which is not the way you want to think of your main villain. Because, I mean, look, don't get me wrong, I think he's actually a very good bad guy. But Dude just keeps kind of playing slightly different arrangements of the same song. Like, Evil, you already had your big reveal. And when you possessed the actual title character of the show, you dropped it almost immediately. Like, there's there's nothing left in these possession bits. Just nothing. I wish they would stop. Especially since we don't have time. Good at inducing paranoia about how any one of the team could secretly be evil at any time and trying to tear the team apart that way. Like, he never does that. Why even? It's silly. I mean, at least he hasn't done Gentoku yet, and I hope they don't even bother. Or if or if they do, it's like for two seconds, and he's like, so look, wait, I just I'm, want to I'm collect the whole well. set, you guys. Because at least that would be... Yeah, look, at least at that point it'd be a funny joke. Like, I look, I didn't do anything with any of it, but I just... I wanted to collect the whole set, wanted to try everyone out, see what would happen. I'd, I'd get Misora too, but uh, she's still got the, okay, the so Vernage going, in there. Okay, so going into 46, I want like to tell a brief story, and I swear there's a point to this, so bear with me. A little more than six months ago, maybe, I was at a tabletop con 
and I went to a D&D panel that was billed as a one-shot that was based in 2nd edition, but you bring any character from any system, any level, any stats, and they'll make it work. And everyone there was great, everyone was super nice, the DM who ran this panel often uh, really worked hard to get all of the new people fit into the story, and, like, we were really excited about it, and it seemed like it was gonna be fun. And then the game itself was eight hours of this man explaining how a witch was stealing time from the universe we were in to fuel a universe she had created, and an incredibly, intricately detailed explanation of how she was doing that, and the intricate steps of the physics we would need to take to stop it. These explanations were so long oh, no. that in the eight hours we were in that room, there was maybe half an hour to an hour of actual gameplay. The first, oh, the first no. five minutes of this that episode sounds, oh, felt a goodness. lot like that. <laughs> See, the first yeah, the was entire, the entire multiverse theory uh, and how plan. we're gonna like hijack the multiverse. It, but I just, yeah, that was. That was really, uh, let, let's be very kind and say clunky. Because, like, look, I enjoy, I enjoy the plan. I think it's actually kind of a fun thing. And, hey, he found a way to make an extended common uh, Rider decade. But it just, risk. it went That's on cute, for five minutes. Wow, like, yeah, no. <laughs> and, I mean, what, what it, there's nothing really fun about having someone explain a bunch of fiddly lore bits to you. Like, okay. Over hey, the course of that up, panel, we made a joke that my dumb lived in the woods for ten years, uh, tiefling monk, now has four college credits in physics. And that's, like, that's how I feel. Like, there's just that bit of Ryuga being like, I didn't understand any of that. And I'm like, there it is. There it is. That's my response to the past five minutes. Yeah. I mean, I kind of appreciate that they're doing weird idea, sci-fi idea stuff, especially what with energy production and how evil's thing is black holes, and that's a nice sort of playing around, but oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. But just all the lore stuff in this show, in this show that I do love, but when they get right up their own backsides with the lore and the physics and stuff, Please, I'm like, guys, just stop. Just gets on my nerves. It's terrible. I mean, again, I appreciate that they're that they're trying to go a little more highbrow and a little more also, hard please, sci-fi, I can't do this. but also, uh, uh, yeah, like this is. I appreciate how the show ramped up, but even the evil thing has felt a little bit over the top, especially when just oh hey, this is all down to some jerk weapons manufacturer, you know, a, a jerk war profiteer. Honestly, it worked just as well, if we're being real. I realize that this is kind of a, a callback to all the bits in, in the Heisei era that have been, okay, well, during the early Heisei, where it's like, okay, well, you're fighting this evil species of critter that is like pe that is like humans, but not somehow, before we get, went into post-decade Heisei, where it's, okay, well, you're fighting all these people who have been... Who have been eviled in a way by a by by the little fiddly thing that you plug into your belt so that we can sell yeah all the i feel like i feel belt, like mudo like 
made Ugh. his point and now he's like, crud, I set up this whole sci-fi thing and I gotta pay it off. Yep. Darn it. Well, especially since I, I really do feel like a producer, because producers seem to be so active in the Japanese weekly toku system, at least on Toei's side, that they're just like, okay, well, we need a dad in there. Uh, that, that doesn't fit. Well, this is how he fits now. Do it. Hey. I'm also I don't confused know, it, it just, as it to this weird. bit where Sento's like, we weird. need to get the last bottle and purify it in someone's body. What bottle? Like, all ten lost bottles exist. Yeah. And only two of them have been purified from black and gold to the, like, silver and purple. So what last bottle is Sento being talked about, and why does it have to be put in someone's body? Because we've already done all that. Yeah, I was a bit confused myself. I just, I kept wondering if they were gonna... Like, I thought it was, okay, you're making a whole new set of bottles, but then I saw the, the new bottles slotted into the, into the, the, the black panel, so it's like, I, okay, guess not. So... Yeah, yeah I, just, I don't know what I was, he, I was he a meant confused by that. Too. I'm happy to roll with it, but confused. But I think that was it for our for the stuff we didn't quite go with. Go uh, right we ahead. Start in on the, actually, I'm going to start in on the good stuff, if that's alright. Because I do want to say this much, as, as listeners might have noticed, given our previous episode, when that comes out, very sorry, things have been slow, uh, I, I was actually kind of legit surprised that Evil came back. Like, I, I was really thinking for a hot minute that, okay, well, the villain's going to be Dad, because I still think that would have been a better way to do it and would also have justified Shinobu's presence in the show at all. Like, I was really, really hoping Evil would be totally dead and that Papa Katsuragi was going to be the real big bad and it would have been fine. I'm not mad about it. I'm not complaining. I'm putting it here in the stuff we enjoyed. But I do want to throw out... That I was legitimately I was surprised, kind of as I like him to when just Kamen Rider stuck can't in Utsumi me. for the rest of the show, in order to validate like Utsumi's entire last couple of months, I guess. But that was again, he's just collecting the whole set, yeah, that so I... that was only just for a minute. Huh? Yeah, I, I gotta say, I would have preferred that. Like, if if he's gonna be alive. Still have just Utsumi get to play it up because he's his actor's quite good at playing all that stuff, especially since it feels more and more doubtful that the ending is going to be about giving Utsumi a chance to be his own puppet for once instead of being a puppet for another member of this cavalcade of massive toolboxes that he just seems to keep glomming onto for reasons that you know understandable, body blue, but I just. I wanted me to have a character. I mean, at least Sento just, wastes no time really in, you know, after his dad is revealed to be, like, not evil. He doesn't really waste any time calling him out on, hey, uh, this has been going on for ten years, and man, a lot of people died. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't waste time on this moment of relief, like, oh, he was good after all, and then just forgiving him when he says sorry, because he just, Sento calls him out on this, and he just goes, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. For as emotional as Sento's been about his father, I I respect that he's having none of it and is like, hey, people died because of this. Maybe you should have thought this through a little more. Yeah, yeah. And I think part of... 
And I think part of what makes it all work, and look, even as I don't think Shinobu was a great thing for the show, I have to say it works overall. It it fits, it flows, it, it makes some meaningful commentary, it's very nice. But I think what does make, one of the things that makes it work are the little flashes we kept getting of, of that nebula gas intensity and exaggeration all throughout that part. Because it is in the, oh yeah, people did die. My bad. Like, he's just, you get those moments of, hey, slugger, it's me, your dad, I know you, that thing with your hair, ha ha, I'm, I'm I was a decent father once upon a time. But that has to share space with those bits of, and I, the great genius, will have saved the world and opened the way to the next. Me, I, the genius. Like, it's, it's one of those things where it's hard to forget, and I think this is why it's here, uh, that it would have been really easy for Katsuragi or Sento to go that way themselves, just turning into a megalomaniac as opposed to that thing where he's a touch self-absorbed, kind of but he's also still and a circles superhero. back into what being a common rider is because you don't common rider alone. Even Kuga, who was the only rider in his show, didn't fight the Grongi by himself. In fact, he probably fought his his particular enemy the least by himself of the vast majority of riders quite honestly kuga had a really big cast yeah he had a big cast i mean he had the the infrastructure of society the government the state's arm and monopoly on quote unquote legitimate violence on his side, the entire he police had apparatus so many of was with non, him. So many non-rider people involved in the Grongi fight. And, I mean, like, Sento isn't doing this alone either. He has the other three riders that are in his stable. He has Misora and Sawa. He's got this family of his to keep him grounded and remind him of why he's doing what he's doing. And I think what's really elegant in... Sento's case in particular is that while most people on the opposite side of you know the common rider doesn't ride alone where you have uh Forze as opposed to the principal you have uh AG as opposed to Maki etc where you know they're trying to take their stand alone get their power by themselves or do whatever they're trying to accomplish by themselves and always have been, it's always been their, even if they have lackeys, it's their particular goal. Shinobu wasn't alone. He had Kyoka and Takumi, who could have supported him into being a normal common Rider, and he pretended to kill himself and left them in order to common Ride alone. And look where that ended up with him. 10 years pretending to be a bad guy with thousands of people dying and then getting stabbed. It's not how you do the common rider thing. Yeah. Oh, it was so honestly No, no. And I, I had not really made the somehow in between all the harping on him pretending to have committed suicide for a decade had forgotten like yeah, he had a family and a support system and he left it. I it's excellent call there. And it's just the going back to the old thing that we always harp on, like, no one can be a hero without accountability and support. Like, 
people are not meant to do that kind of thing on their own. It's just, it's not a thing that works. Because if you don't just end up right up your own backside like Shinobu, like the first time you get in trouble, you just die. Because there's no one there to like take you on their shoulders and drag you to as the much as what we said before batman can't um, batman without even keeping utsumi around basically as a backup body was not a bad plan on evil's part because i mean shinobu takes the evil driver and puts it in a can yeah and hey they we, we did find out, out what the milk, milk can, can was, was for. for i still don't take it seriously um but like he put it in such a way that that's fair Evil would not have access to using it, and even if he had done the super smart thing, because he claims to be some kind of genius, and just destroyed the damn thing, Utsumi's got a spare for him. Even if he's like, oh, it's tuned to a human, so it feels a little awkward, like, yeah, you'd get around that, you're evil. Um, honestly, not a bad plan, all things all told. No, oh, yeah. That, that is very true, and, and it does make me remember how much I appreciate Evil just that much more as a baddie, even as I maintain my earlier criticisms are valid. Also makes me hope, like, burning for Utsumi to get that proper backstab moment eventually. Just, poor kid needs some help, and I think finally just shanking one and of I mean, his he seems abusive to bosses sort of would be trying be to. He does, he does have that bit where he's like, hey, you're not trying to rule the world at all! Hands on hips. And then Evil, like, grabs him and yells at him, and is, then later he's just like, oh, you're gonna make a good replacement shinobu. Um, even though that bit where he's like, hey, you're not trying to rule yeah. the world at all, he actually, like, didn't sound all that upset about it. He was just like, oh, why didn't you tell me that's what you were doing? Yeah, dude, you gotta let me in on the plan. I can't be a right-hand man if I don't know the plan, man. But, yeah, given his past bosses, though, I do imagine dudes just kind of come to expect that sort of treatment from the powerful, powerful jerks he's been toadying up to. Like, just, hey, here is an anodyne statement about what's yeah, going on. Just, Horrific violence! Yep, this is normal. Poor Utsumi, Like, man. look, he needs like, to go to jail, I know but he needs to get some he's a garbage person. There. So, as much as I don't feel all that much sympathy for Shinobu in his last moments. Uh, Which, again, by you know, the way, Sento says legit, it, he did this for ten fair. years and a lot of people died. Uh, the way it hits Sento kind of like a ton of bricks is really heartbreaking. Like, he gets these heartfelt gestures and last words that he knows mean something to him, but that he's never really gotten to experience for himself his only memories of being with his father that he did really love and admire and apparently had a, some kind of really good relationship with are memories that he has by proxy of a person that he only sort of is. And that's really sad. And the way they have Sento as a person, as a whole being, grieve is actually kind of beautiful because Sento himself doesn't do the grieving, Katsuragi does. And as much as he continues to push, like, no, dad was lying to us, why are you believing any of the things he says, there are a lot of changes in his behavior. He's sitting, 
he has his back to Sento and he's curled up against the corner of the frame of the mirror instead of standing full frame in the middle of it. So we're only kind of seeing him. He's not curious. He doesn't ask questions. He's very quiet in the way he talks. He's not like, oh, what's your plan? How do you think we can get out of this one? He's just like, nah, man, we got played. And we know from very early in this show that Katsuragi was never good at dealing with his emotions or expressing how he feels, and even with his parents. And he's clearly struggling with how to deal with this grief, and he has to keep telling himself that his father was bad, nebulously as that may be true or false. He can't he can't see, he can't allow himself to be like, no, he was trying to do good. He has to tell himself, like, nope, this was all bad and was only ever meant to be bad so that he doesn't have to hurt about him being gone. Because if he's bad, then it's good that he's gone. He puts up this really heartbreaking defense mechanism, but he is the one very visibly doing yeah. all the grieving. And the shot at the very end of this episode, uh, it's not the last shot, but it's like the second to last scene, like, really kills me. And Sento's kind of thinking back on those memories and finding comfort in the fact that his dad really was trying to help, even if he did it in maybe the worst possible way. And, you know, kind of finding peace in his dad's last words to him and these memories that he's getting back. We have this quick cut to Katsuragi kind of still closed off in the corner of this mirror, looking out to where Sento normally is. Like, the defense is gone. The Everything that his dad said was true. So he can't, he can't have been lying, he can't have been intentionally doing bad. So his defense is gone, and now he's gotta legitimately figure out how to grieve and deal with his emotions. And it's look. I just love Katsuragi's actor so much for the scenes that you're talking about. Because look, the kid playing Sento is good. Do not get it twisted. But Katsuragi's actor is so aggressively good at times like that because it's it's all body language. Like uh, I think a lot of it is probably uh, Kazuya's direction, or I don't know who's in charge of like framing the shots. I, I don't know who the cinematographer is, but I put it on Kazuya because that's the easiest thing at the moment, but it is it is stunning because of how rarely you see his face, how he is just curled up off to the side. He is trying to hide from himself even as he can't because, you know, he is him and all that. It's And, and like you said, you don't see his face. He's not looking at you. We're not seeing his face feel these things. We're just seeing this this guy who doesn't know how to deal with emotions just sort of, like, curl up. You, you just catch the glimpses of him being in pain. And because you only catch the glimpses, it's actually way more effective than if you were watching it. Because, I mean, who wouldn't want to shrink down and hide a little when they're hurting? Especially with something that complicated? Because, I mean, goodness, I, I, I've known people who have complicated relationships with people around them who have died and like that's a, there's a whole universe of stuff because there's what you feel what you feel like you're supposed to feel and and there's this whole gulf of things and 
I don't know, he's... Katsuragi's yeah, he actor is. is really good, is what I'm trying to say. I I really hope he's able to turn I'm, this into I lots more jobs I would in other love things. to look up any of his past work. I'd love to see him... I'd love to hear articles from Tokunet six months from now being like, Oh, he's gonna be in this! Or if, like, Build ever got Deno big, which, not seeming likely at this point, but it could happen. Uh, like, hey, if the kid playing Sento keeps getting a bunch of other movie projects, Katsu kid yeah. playing Katsuragi, he can just come in and be be the face I'd, actor. I'd from love now on. a Katsuragi If he wasn't, you know, movie, really busy. Honestly. I just, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Okay, so the the other planet that Evolt like takes Sento to, to so he can watch Evolt like devour it. That's just wide shot Hellheim, ain't it? Like, still even got they still even put like the weird uh, yeah. bloom glow After Effects filters on it. Like that's just Hellheim. And I'm I'm sure Coates is ticked because yeah, I think Heisei Final establishes that Hellheim is in the build universe. I, I, as I recall, because that is the universe of all the things that were not in the the attempt to have a unified. I just know. I, I just know that Kota was on it's the build the build Earth, and everyone else was on the other Earth. Yep. So and I don't know. I feel like he must be pretty ticked because that was his. Yeah, that Yeah, well, well also man, he really didn't do anything God, about then. it. But then Yeah, Koda is poor kid. Oh, they just that's... never let him be good at his job. And that's a shame cuz cuz his his actor is so good. Gakusano is an incredibly skilled actor and he gets to play it is, the it is most sad, in a common writer and seems that like sucks. a cool guy. All things considered. He's been posting a lot of pictures from Spain on Instagram. And just... The entire text on oh, them is just Spain him, in all but... caps. Okay, so... It does Spain. feel like I a bit of a proper callback to Cosmic States that genius responds to justice and wanting to protect your friends instead of vengeance... Uh, but it also feels like a proper Cosmic States callback that I wish more had been done with the idea instead of just, you know, kind of dropping the moral lesson in one time and then not having it actually mean anything as to how they use the suits. Yeah, I mean, they talk a lot of stuff about how the rider suits require a certain kind of mindset and all that stuff, but they... They never made it a through line. Though all like, four they, of the riders jumping through pretending. the fire they to rider kick from four different directions was sick as heck. That is true. That is true. And this is me adding uh, Dragon Force to the as mentioned, because I, I will say, like, as I'm watching that, I'm like, through the fire and the flames we carry on! You know, just, like, drop in the, the really fast guitar work. I, I would like just so air guitar very, mouth sound. Moving into 46, uh, we do so have see. a bit where Sento kind of sits down yeah, with yeah. Katsuragi and they have a talk about how even though their dad was trying to do good, he still did a whole heckin' lot of bad to get there. And I appreciate that. 
Same, same, because that is the way to do it. Because again, we can talk a lot about intentionality, more responsibility, and where the calculus breaks down between what you hope to achieve and what you did achieve, but like just the bald-faced honesty of it was so good. Like, hey, guess what? That's our dad. We love him. Also, he did unspeakably horrible things. And maybe we just have to live with those facts in our heads instead of trying to reconcile them, because honestly, like that's an incredibly mature take, because... Sometimes that's all you can do, because people are weird and complicated and sometimes get hopped up on nebula gas. Yeah. And, like, what do, you, what do you do when someone gets all hopped up on nebula gas, right? I mean, that's not a thing most of us are going to have to live through, thank goodness. Okay, so the cookout yeah, just, bit was, it was incredibly cute. Really that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, especially, like, okay, this is an incredibly silly comment to make a stupid thing to notice and get caught up on but okay I yeah I, I, I was trying to figure out how to fit talking about that like into 40... this episode because that shirt was great yeah you don't often see a dude rock yeah it was like, like a really long like neck shirt but he, he yeah it was it was really good it's a good look on him I you know it's not a thing I could pull off but dude rocked it and I especially like it because it's such a big departure from the, the ensemble he had in 45 and I think 44 as well, which was like, hey, isn't that just Mitchie's outfit from Gaim? I, I feel like that the, the blue hoodie was something worn I by thought he Gaim I thought he definitely during, had during their, like, their checker things. bandana. So I'm glad he... Yeah, 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 so... I'm glad he's he's moving away from that because hey, speaking, that was the, the like bleak speaking and of, part of the in show. both of these episodes, so of the shirt that Ryuga wore, I'm pretty sure was one of Ankh's. Well, at least it, at least in forty six near the end, it's like if that is not one of Ankh's, that thing is at least an Ankh reference because yeah, no, he he's been wearing that over the course of both episodes, feathers, man. Um, and that was. Yeah, okay. I knew there was, like, like one that I had the dream captures, and then there was, like... like I, that had colors. to be one of Ankh's shirts. Like, I... Because I remember it. Like, I feel it. Um, I'm pretty I, sure I that say, like, they are reusing old stuff, good. because that's pretty common. Uh, I know Nico's... Nico's hoodie was Jake's hoodie back in Forze. Um, Philip's boots oh, on his true, yeah. you know most common his the iconic like green and yellow outfit the boots that he wears were Wataru's boots back in kiva like they they recycle wardrobe nice i mean look if the clothes look they are not a waste are in company. good shape why not you do got to be if changing these people's clothes every couple episodes mm. kids aren't gonna remember I do love the, you know, poor yep. Kentoku just wanted to be a little sentimental and have a nice toast and give everyone matching shirts. Like, it, it's nice to see that he feels so at home that he wants everyone in on his shenanigans now. It's just a shame that no one, no one let him have his speech. He, he clearly had thought about it. And I just keep imagining it would be like the one that uh, Holtzman gives at the end of Ghostbusters, uh, the, the the most recent one, because that was beautiful. He is speech. a good sport about and it. I think honestly it would have fit. He does. Very well. He does just kind of like raise his glass yeah, and drink, is. Look, and he's... is like, "Well, 
Whatever. It's fine. Yep. Honestly, though, like, ever just watching every time he's on screen, all I can think about is that bit you'd mentioned a couple episodes ago about about his kids thinking he was too scary and they just and how this is the character he wants to be now so that his kids won't be afraid of him and it just it makes the whole show so much more fun just thinking about that i i do hope that if they do the the new hybrid world dealie or whatever we we find that gentoku 2.0 if if that's I a thing they end up doing i would love to see the version has, like, of gentoku out there getting while. to live his best life where he just does karaoke and eats ice cream and wears weird clothes and just gets all of these things that make him happy. Yeah. I mean I mean it it sure beats him going to jail even though, you know, at the same time it's like, well, I hope we don't do the new world so that he can go to jail like he needs to. Like he can get let out on parole early for, you know, helping save the world. And I mean like but also like house arrest. They were monitor, like, "Hey, you know, we'll, we'll let you out cuz you did, you know, get rid of evil." And he's like, "Okay, but Y'all gotta keep an eye on me. I like I'm I did bad. It's community service time then, I guess. Put me to work doing community service. Uh do don't you just wanna go home? I have I have a whole guilt complex because I legitimately caused the murders of so many people. That was Might have hey, done you that. You know that a whole bit. war thing? Me. So might have been a little bit my fault. Yeah. Yeah. What is Yeah, what has two thumbs and started that war? This guy. So It was nice to see everyone like having fun and grilling and playing with fireworks and get get that whole moment of Sento who was introduced to us and has for the larger part been this creature of logic and numbers and facts. Find peace and joy in something really soft and emotional and mundane. Like, that was, that was really sweet, and how he just has this conversation oh, with Ryugo, where he's like, man, this is such a weird, normal thing, but it's everything. Like, it was very, very sweet. But, and God, that bit with Cosme and the towel. Agreed. It went on for 40 years, and it was so weird and uncomfortable oh, that even yes, Cosme yeah. called himself out for how gross it was yeah like look I want to like Kazumi I do and, and uh, like okay I do like Kazumi but I, I hate this thing that they keep doing because I thought the whole like hey I like Mitan thing could be salvageable somehow especially since my knowledge of the whole idol fandom is only slightly less shallow now than it was before I started watching but good gravy just like, I know dude can't be all grim determination all the time and how that would be kind of boring and terrible and depressing, but, like, maybe they could just do a tonal shift that is a little less completely yeah, I mean, like, whiplashing, because be that, is, that is a 180. If it wasn't this, for one thing. It was 0% this and was used yeah. more as a like, vehicle of giving us reasons to be talking to Misora. Because, I mean, like, he yes, loves Mitan. Why we isn't he hanging out with her? And, I mean, the reason he's not hanging out with her is because he's like this and she wants no part of it. But what if he's not like this? Yeah. 
Yeah, if if he was just not like that, I wouldn't have a problem with him. He could he could be an idol fan all he wants, especially since they could just do a thing like, like this whole bit would have been good, like him just sitting down with Masora and just like, you know what I'm looking forward to at the end of all this? What's that, Kazume? You can go back to being Miton again. Like we don't have to be afraid all the time. There'll be internet. No one's dying, and I can just go back home and. Well, then Maybe don't. you can perform that's again. A, that's yeah, but what if I don't feel like you. performing anymore? Yeah, then don't. Then this war has taken another casualty, and I'm just gonna go and wreck the crap out of Evolt for that. If Evolt killed Meatan, I'm gonna kill the hell out of him. And, like, maybe they could have a moment where he's still being a weird fanboy, but she can have the bit of, okay, well, he's trying. Like, he still defines me by this fictional thing I made up as a joke, and that I sometimes will stab people for, but at least like, he's engaging I, I feel with there me are ways as a person to do it on some that level. would work. This is definitely not it. Yeah, no. However, things that did work, or might work rather, I'm just going to draw us back to that bit you were talking about with Sento being all like calm and cool and stuff, and, and happy. Uh, I do want to draw attention to that bit before they cut away from from the barbecue scene, where Sento just like calls Ryuga over and it's like, "Hey Ryuga, I want to tell you something," and then it just cuts. That cut right there is going to be the start of so many fan fictions, just tons of them. And which, please understand, I'm not judging. This is not a positive or negative thing. This is just like that would be where a great romantic or otherwise fanfic would start. Y'all engage however you wanna, and go just go ham on it. I just no, know like, from like, cuts that invite fanfic, and that was one the of exact them. same thing. Except I thought, oh, this is where I could start a fanfic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just over here like, okay, well, what did he tell yes. him? What he told him was, let's kiss, and then they kissed. But they're not going to show that. Yeah, well, I no mean, one like, kisses look, on Common Rider, uh, so I don't even mind. Rara and Hikaru didn't get to kiss at their wedding. Yeah, exactly. Like, no one kisses in these things because the act of kissing has a different cultural weight in Japan. That's that's neither here nor there. That's not me judging. It's just you know it does. So you know, no one kisses on Common Rider. Therefore, I'm free to imagine whoever kisses the rules. whoever I want to kiss kissing and. As do you, as do you, dear but listener. Don't talk to us and if you think it. I'm completely yeah, wrong, like this is, you're free to think this that. This is our city. But you came to my space, and we make the rules is... here. And the rules are that they kiss. Yep. And the rules are that they yep. kiss. And we built this city on rock. What's that? Yep. I we mean, built look, this city on rock. We could rock, be talking about AG roll, Rock. And so y'all are getting off easy. We could be talking about Ichijo and Godai. Y'all don't even know how easy you're getting off with just this. Look, I'm just going to say one thing. At the episode where, like, we just... Where it's like, oh god, did I miss an episode? Because everything is a flashback to an episode you've never seen, and that episode looks unspeakably horrible. And then it cuts to black, and it's just, Godai? Are you okay? Godai? And it's like, huh, where is Godai sleeping that Ichijo is right there to wake him up out of a I'm, nightmare? I'm saying hmm, that... I shouldn't that wonder. That minute-long but we probably get back silent morning jog happened. It's, look, again, I've been watching a lot of Lupin the Third, which, dear listener, if you haven't, and you have some kind of tolerance for uh, 
Fujiko being written rather unevenly, because she is. It's a shame. It's just, it's just the fact. And sometimes the camera is super horny. It's the price of admission. You will never convince me that Lupin and Jigen do not have some stuff going on. The number of times one will light a cigarette and that, that is being held in his own mouth and then pass it to the is. other. There's no heterosexual explanation for that. I'm sorry. It, look, it is... Yeah, uh, okay, that, so that is a to proxy kill the kiss. Mood. Sorry, it just is. The bits we... where evil yeah. just opens yeah. a black hole <laughs> over the city and we hear hundreds of thousands of people just screaming as they're pulled into the void was horribly upsetting. Like, seeing it? Uh, seeing it? Yeah, you Not were kidding about quite so bad tone. because I'm used to like weird common rider CG of stuff. But the way they layered all the screaming to make it clear just how many people were dying and how far you could hear the screaming from, I was really messed up from that. But dude, especially since like in the first shot, you actually like see. Uh, uh, like it's terribly matted in because again Toei CG, but like you and see a even person the wide like, shot, like flailing you can their see arms as they're sucked up, up into that. And, but just the screaming, like I had I had to yep. watch Lupot and two episodes yeah. ago on here after that because I was not okay. Like it messed me up, and no, I feel fair. weird putting that's all this legit. under good stuff because I actually hated it um, because it was super upsetting and I got super messed up. But that was the point. Like, that's what it was supposed to do. And that's it was fair. done really well to get across how horrifying what's happening is. So, I mean, I can't put it in the stuff I wish wasn't, that I think is bad. Because as much as I hate it and I wish it hadn't happened, like, it, it proves its point. Yeah, it really did. I, look, I may not be massively big on the horrifying imagery all the time. Like, I think some things lean into terrible visuals just to be, like, edgy and just show off, like, yeah, I went there. But here, like, if we're going to have the horror happening, let's make sure we illustrate that it is horrible and not just, like, some dude flexing his muscles. Like, it's easy to leave the consequences and the horrific visuals aside and just assume that people will, will fill in the gaps. And look, that's a legit way to do it, but it also kills the stakes. It, it was one of the problems in Gaim, because like you would hear, hey, all of these millions of people are dead, but you never you never saw any of them dying, which sounds like like I'm be like, yes, let me watch them suffer. But a number is a number, but people are people, and it's hard to connect the number to the people if you don't have something to connect them to. Like you said, the screaming. The, like, ah, uh, It just, it shows the stakes. You are horrified by it. Because, I mean, and again, I just keep thinking back to the thing we mentioned before about, oh yeah, it's not just that they're dying, they're being sucked up into a black hole. So... They are experiencing their horrific deaths at the heart of a dead star so dense that life cannot escape it forever. Because time dilation, the mass of the weapon that is being leveled against them, is so dense it is stretching time. So they are screaming and dying horrifically forever. And I'm just like, 
when was the last time you watched a Common Rider thing? And you're that's, like, that's oh wow, the villain is not Gaim, messing around. It as is much horrific. as I'm not quick to give Gaim praise, early on in Gaim, uh, there's the bit where they talk about the, the how the yeah. invest can actually like affect people. Like if a person gets slashed by an invest and they turn into plants. And you see a bunch of people in the hospital, yeah, like, writhing a... and screaming, covered in plants, and I'm like, damn. And this is immediately before uh, the Hase yeah, thing happens. That's... So then, you know, Hase turns into an invest and Rat gets mm-hmm. hit, and I'm like, oh, oh, heck, is my boy gonna be okay? And then we don't see Rat for two weeks, and then he's fine, and it didn't do anything. Uh, which I was relieved because I cared yeah, about well, three people in that show and he was one of them. So I was relieved he was okay, but I'm like, wait, why Why is Rat immune? And why is that not the show? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I imagine it's as much about... Well, it, I think a lot of it is, is that... Genorobuchi, who I'm not here to slag off on, even though I have definitely done so before and could do again. I'm not going to do it now. He's writing for animation, and you write different for live action. You just do. And I think that's probably a lot of it. Like, he's not able to... He's not able to count on people to, like, elaborate because he's now dealing with people who are like, okay... What is the cheapest way we can do this? It's just it's animate. Like I'm not saying animation is cheap or easy. You can do a much wider variety of things because thing. real physics that things that real people have to do and not be killed by, uh, you can make happen. Yeah. Or or just even look like it because you still have to order the people in. You have to special make some props as opposed to like with with traditional animation. Okay, well. You have someone design it, and then someone they're, else they're draws it, very and that's different the process. Anyway, it's just... Yeah, which I think is is probably partially responsible for why Gaim was such a freaking turd. Good. Well, uh, I haven't I seen mean, I've, I've only I've seen a small handful, but I've never once enjoyed... No, that's a lie. I enjoyed the first, like, two episodes of Gargantia, and then I got, and then I thought it was really boring. So I stopped watching oh. it, uh, and that was that was the highest praise I ever gave something of his I watched that I just got bored. Okay, but to move on from Genrobuchi, I, I actually this isn't even moving on that far. It's actually kind of tangentially related. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about the whole building a new world thing by by like combining builds world and some other world that is adjacent to it somehow because even if it makes kind of a theoretic sense given the central motif of the show of making something out of two apparently disparate parts i don't know i just i don't i don't know but i will say that in keeping with their sort of like hey let's have a pseudo hard sci-fi thing i i kind of dig on the idea of tearing evil to part and using his massive amounts of energy to fuel the metamorphosis as kind of an elegant way of getting rid of the guy for the next world. That's that's clever. 
Also, it's kind of a callback to some of the stuff set up in Heisei Generation. I mean, the callback Final, to Heisei which, Final was real you know, neat. I'm they for that. did I like pay that. for that CGI of those Earths, and they sure are going to get their money worth out of it. But I do got to admit, it was a neat callback. I'm also not totally sure how I feel about the concept as a whole, because again, it was this five minute explanation of this huge theoretical uncertain concept that brings me back to the end of Ryuki where everything is just kind of put into a new reality so the ba- without the bad guy there so they can just try again and it's neat in concept but start over somewhere else feels a little like giving up on the world they're already in yeah it, it really does which is why for all I, I do think Ryuki's end was actually very beautiful and poetic, because like I wanted to cry, like I was I was welling up. It was it was real good seeing them, you know, no longer miserable and violent and murdering and all that. Like a friend of mine who I I sent it to and with whom I've been watching a lot of things just hated it because for them it sort of made the character everything the characters went through feel pointless because. There was no after to it. There's no lessons learned, no anything. Which, you know, could well be how it comes off here in build if they actually do the plan, which I rather hope they don't, because for all the poetry of it, it'd be nice to talk about how even when things are garbage, it can be fixed. Anything you can destroy, I can rebuild. That thing he said that one time that was very good. Besides which, you know, I personally would really like to see a show about... Hey, even when the world is crap and everyone is voting and listening to a fascist, maybe we can I mean, come back I from that without having the to literally the destroy end of everything. The worked really well for me and also for you, I guess. Um, I don't know if this is the reason, but it worked for both of us because I also got really emotional at the end of Ryuki. But in Ryuki, they set up that this had already been done. They'd already started over. They'd already started over a lot of times, and it just kept happening. And the only way for it to not keep happening was for Yui and Shiro to be removed from the timeline. And Yui decides to make that sacrifice and take her and her brother out of the timeline as much as she wants to live and as much as she does love her brother. She knows the world is just gonna keep ending if I don't stop this. And she cares enough about Shinji and Ren and the other people that she's met that she's willing to do that. But it doesn't work the same here because the idea of just dropping two parallel Earths into a blender doesn't really tie into anything. It's not this overarching theme of, you know, trying over and over and getting the same result and trying to escape that hopelessness. That's not what this is. This just kind of feels like a cop-out of, okay, well, we're just gonna burn it all down instead of trying to get rid of the problem and then rebuild from the ashes. Yeah, I mean, it. I think cop-out is kind of the thing it's threatening to be, because... Like, look, I really hope they opt to abandon the plan at the end, because, look, even if I'm sure they won't, I would kind of like them to. Mostly because I 
Sento's daddy is a tool, and maybe that other world doesn't want to be absorbed into their nonsense world, especially when there's a decent chance that you can fix it by messing with Evolt in some other way, or using him to power anything else. Just find a way to fix the world instead of making some other world What if we just have put it back in the box? Only not, I guess. I don't know. Like, he hasn't destroyed the planet. Yeah, just put, put him in back box. in the box. It... And then if anyone from another planet shows up being like, yeah, we yeah. don't touch that, uh, a dude tried to kill us all. Yeah. Hey, Space Sheriff. Decker Rangers, you guys, you you dealt guys know with what this? to do about this stuff? We I'm got sure no you ideas. have. You've dealt with some stuff. Yeah. Just wait for the next crossover movie and just, like, have that be just an offhand scene. Just when when Sentai World crosses over into Rider World, just build pops up, you know, apropos of apparently nothing, and just, like, goes to whatever space Sentai it is. Hey, uh, this is Evolt. Wait, you guys got Evolt? Just, just yeah! give Doggy the what box. What do I do with it? <laughs> give, give Swan the box and just be like, yeah, here, Doggy will fix figure it. out how to make this go away. Anyway, uh, speaking of, of Evolt and messing with stuff, though, I do have to say I love of when a villain forces a diehard, or, depending on your frame of reference, uh, the Wraith Redemption, or a Dread, or a Reverse Mr. Miracle Volume 1, Issues 3 and 4. Just any time the heroes have to fight their way up or down a building, it's good. And then just spurring them on and motivating them with even more of, again, some truly horrific deaths for the populace. Just, like, they. I'm glad they didn't feel the need to show it the second time. Just, I didn't, I didn't need to, to see yeah, didn't that need dude more just screaming. flying up into the air like that. Was, yeah. Like, I'm sure it's as much out of budgetary stuff as anything else that they didn't show it, but hey, guys, you, you made your point and like I don't, I don't need to see any more people's faces that they're drawn into a death that is actually more horrific than death by rider. Though I guess if you want to count evil as a common rider because he's got the belt and the suit, I guess that is the most terrible death by common rider. But that's a technicality question, I suppose. Anyway, um, what I'm what I'm trying to say though is having the the fight up to the end boss be a multi-part thing heading into the end of a series works out really nice and lets me be happy that Evolt is have is embracing his theatrical side instead of his nonsense fiddly lore part. Because as DreamWorks' Megamind has taught us, the difference between a villain and a super villain is presentation. You make the heroes dance for you for your stupid, petty nonsense reasons, and also you make sure that you first went on national TV to let everyone know how truly and horrifically dead they are if the superheroes don't save them like yesterday. So even if you lose, the common Riders still have the populace just hating them for how long it took them to get up that tower. That's... Yeah. That is some real villainy. That is mean and cynical and awful. I, I admire it. In as much as so, you man, know, I really hope we aren't setting. I up want to a villain that I can Cosme. hate, you know. Ah, oh, same, hard same, dude. But look, I mean, look, that's I will true. say this. 
at least and he finally got him We are setting it up at least to maybe seem like we're going to kill him, you know, having him steal the last build driver and have this big showdown to avenge his boys against uh. these corruptions of them that were created by evil. Like, that's a really strong way to cap off his arc. But I really want to see him live and find peace in their loss and rebuild the world with the rest of the people from his farm that he still has. They're alive. Yeah. They are, and could probably use their boss coming back home. Although I will say, like, they made this whole thing like, you'll be pushing beyond human ability. You will surely die. And I'm just like, well, he shrugged off the last time he was meant to die, so I'm sure he'll be fine. Actually, I'm not sure of that, but I hope he'll be fine. Because I say that only because, yeah, I too would like that, and I think it'd be happy. Because one more horrible death on this show would really suck. Even if we have the whole, like, ah, uh, the new world where there is no death, or at the very least where, like, everyone who died will probably be alive again, but, I mean, it'd also be nice if I didn't have to watch that dude die, especially after he did the, the you know, just getting his face kicked in by all his old friends and being so angsty about it. Not angsty. Angsty implies like I'm, I'm, I'm glad he at least acknowledges right off that he's like, about it. nah, y'all are imposters and I'm gonna throw down about it because I'm ticked. But I wish he didn't have those hesitations when they pretended to cower. Like, I know he's beating himself up about letting him die, but I'd love to see that, like, fueling the fire instead of holding him back. Where it's like, oh, just, like, grabbing them by the yeah, front just, of the You know what like, I mean? Like, oh, no, don't hurt me. He's you. like, And he just punches them right in the face, like, don't you, don't you dare use his face to imply that I would hurt my guys. But, like, the, the whole bit really is wonderfully acted and is really beautiful in the way he calls each of them out. And just, Akaba, what is your name? Like, that's a gorgeous bit of writing and acting. And the way that, you know, as as yeah. he finishes up with yeah. that, he's he's at the bottom of the frame and he stands up through the frame and pulls the build driver into the shot. That's some really beautiful directing and camera work. Like, even as he's getting up and I know uh, he's gonna uh, have it in his hand, once it's there, it's just like, oh no. Like, it's really well done. And I can't hate the scene because the heart is really there in it and it shows how much Kazumi has grown and really learned to rely on those around him for support instead of just trying to be the lone protector of all these people. And I just kind of wish some bits were a little different and that he doesn't die. Yeah, no, that's same, same. I just, I do want to highlight two bits. That, that you didn't mention, and I'm not saying, like, you forgot them, I just, I want to highlight them, because they were so good. That bit just before, like, when he goes down on his knees before he stands up with the oh, driver, God, yeah. and he just slams his head into that. the ground. In that, in, you know, because that's the, yeah, it's the kowtow, it's the, it's the painful, I'm sorry, I am ashamed, I don't like myself, and it's, it's all these massive ball of terrible, painful, mournful emotions just slammed into that one moment, and that was so good. But, of course, nothing as good as 
when the bell does. God. Are you ready? Oh, Damn, right, right in the guts. <laughs> yeah, over here we're just like, oh, because nah, man. I mean, That's what is harder right than that, dude? <laughs> yeah, it's not even like no, no henshin. Just you ask me a question, I will give you the answer. Just so good. Okay, okay. And speaking of, that was one of two new suits. Yeah, this would you believe? Like episodes. within the so last let's, five let's do episodes, we've got to do new suit roundup. Uh, episode, we're coming out of episode forty-six, and we yeah, got to do new I... suit roundup. Um, so we're gonna talk about evolved evil and grease blizzard. Um, and for evolved evil, at least he now has a proper monster form, and it looks pretty darn cool. I'm not totally sure what it reminds me of, but it's very well designed. But I do wish it had kept any of his, like, previous color palettes. Like, the red and blue and gold, or the black and white, or the kind of muted red and turquoise. Just, even if it had, like, all of the, the red, blue, gold, black and white, and was blocked out the same as the black hole design... But in this suit, like, as much as I love the kind of burgundy and green as a combination, and, like, that's a color combination I'm super into, it's, it's, it's not consistent with the oh, evolution of glorious. his design. And I wish it was more consistent. Because I don't really get it. I don't know why he's these colors now. I don't understand. Um, it is pretty dang cool, though, that he takes on the attributes of any world that he absorbs, though. And he does finally explain why the heck he's doing this. Yeah, which is very nice. He's, he's, well, he's another one of those nice egomaniacs that make for the best kinds of villains, honestly. Also, it's, it is nice, for me anyway, to see him have a suit that actually makes me think of a cobra, instead of just... Like having a, a basically like a stylized cobra like stenciled onto his chest or whatever. I never, I never noticed the cobra look in in his Blood Stark suit. And going forward, they kind of lost it. So now, like he's got he's got like the hood shape on his head, and it's like okay, cobra. That's nice. That said, like I can dig on missing the old colors, but at the same time, like you 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 said it already. They're a lovely combination. It looks good. And at the very least, unlike Black Hole Evolt, it's a color scheme that goes for it. Like, there's no half measures, there's no weird callbacks to previous forms that they just keep on part of it. It's it's all this one thing, and he's just a freaky cobra monster. I, I wish he got to keep, you know, he got to stay the freaky cobra monster, because I actually like that more than Black Hole, if I'm being honest. But I'm just, I'm stupidly hoping that we get a bit where the heroes have to fight through every one of his iterations. Sort of like uh, the end of Shinkenger, where, like, the, the suit, which is, at that point in the series, just this horrific monstrosity that, like, he the can't, person can't wearing walk. it That's does why he's not on seem a able to move. He's on a rolling platform because he can't walk in the suit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, and then, like, it keeps getting blasted you know, they blast off bits and bits and bits until, like, it's the medium, it's it's the near-end form, it's the medium form, it's the first upgrade, it's no upgrades. Like, I want them to sort of, like, beat their way through all the all their various evolutions to, like, 
look, this is capping off Heisei era. That's the one where, at the end, it's just Sento and this dude who looks like Isurugi just just going hard on each other, like, just punching. I mean, I know they're not going to go full Kuga, because, frankly, that would be incredibly disturbing. Because there's, there's watching people do well-choreographed martial arts fights, and then there's just, like, two dudes just punching the crap out of each other's faces. It's, it's a very different thing. But, you know, whatever, I just, uh... What I'm trying to say is I, I, I like Evolved Evolt, even as I agree that it doesn't have a lot in common with his previous forms. Though, to my colorblind eyes, I'm so, I'm so happy. Like, at least I'm like, ah, oh, well, it's a darker version of that red it's, he had it's... when he was Bloodstark. No, that's it's a lot nice. more purple. I have no idea if that's actually uh, true, it's, it's a lot closer it to purple than me. he's ever been. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is. Where Bloodstark was kind of a desaturated red. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I just I wish say, he yeah. had some but, of the same colors just for, you know, visual consistency, but it's a, it's a great suit. It's a great monster no, design. It's just, you yes. know, the, it doesn't quite fit. Um, but Grease Blizzard, you know what? I like Grease Blizzard a lot. Like the ice blue looks really good on this suit, yeah, and the monochrome aspect of it, of just the ice blue and the black, really smooths the suit out and makes the weird bits look less weird. Like the eyes really pop now that they're the bright red, and the shoulders somehow look Smiley. more cohesive. I don't know how, but they do. It's a good looking suit. They did. It is. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie, I lost my sugar when I caught a glimpse of it on Twitter. I, I wasn't even sure if it was like, hey, is this a real thing, or is this a movie suit? I don't actually know. But, you know, I, I don't have my spoiler tag up, and also they didn't tag, so whatever. I didn't look into it too far, I just was very excited, because it's like, oh, oh, does he finally get his upgrade? And then he did, and it was great. I just, again, I'm on record as wanting it for a while, so we got it. And it was so much better than I thought it was going to be. Because, <laughs> for all, I'm going to miss the translucent bits. I, I did like the translucent bits in theory. The the smoke-colored layer over the white head with the washed-out red eyes, it just, it never worked for me. Again, I have difficulty with perceiving some colors, and, and some things just bleed together weird for me, and I'm just, nah, this is not good. And now he's in a color I can see, and it's opaque, and he's got these big old chunky bits now. I love the heft of the suit, that giant robot arm, claw thing just hanging off to the side. It, like, look, his motif is robot, and he's never been, like, blocky or terribly robot-y. Now he looks industrial. And it's, just, but they tried know, to in, do in originally really nice with, with Grease. They tried to make him a little meteorish with the with kind of the way he worked, and it, just, it doesn't work <clears throat> yeah, the way it did that. on Meteor. Meteor was an incredible suit. Meteor Storm the... is hot garbage, but Meteor is such yeah, a good no. suit, and it just it it didn't work with Grease. No, it just yeah, it just didn't. I honestly think a lot of it was just the 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 part underneath the head looked yeah. so comedically silly. It just looked like a white screw top thing. But whatever, it's we don't have to look at it at least for the in the immediate future. Yeah, like they they look okay now. Juice box shoulders, because now 
Yeah, well, because the arms have some heft to them, and, and also he's powered by the bottles of his three dead friends. He's going to destroy the imposters with their souls, and hopefully, like, he'll lay down, and then he'll pop up at the end of the f final battle. Like, what? Do you think I was just going to lay down and die? Please. It, it <sighs> really is. Man, Bill's a good show. I'm going to miss it for for all its all its weird stupid I'm gonna really things that miss it does. I'm going to miss it so bad when it has to go. Yeah, uh I don't know what what the next one has for its yeah, opening no, song. It'd be the it's one gonna have to work hard really to be better than be good the one. song. Yeah, when when we revise the 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 rankings. Yeah, that it, one's, it, that it's one's definitely going to move near up the, top. the list. I don't know where. Yeah. So, uh, do we have any uh, final no. thoughts? I believe that's before it. Before we close out this episode. All right. Well then, uh, join us next time when we'll talk about some more episodes of some Toei Weekly Tokusatsu. Uh, until then, for the Uncommon Cast and, and the rest of the Toll Network, I'm Alan. <laughs>